0: Praise the day. Let's sing.
1: Amen, good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here this morning. Glad to have those of you who have joined with us online there, whether you're on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. Be sure to heart, to like, to share, uh, to follow, to subscribe there on YouTube. Uh, Do all those things. Comment especially. uh, That just helps with those algorithms to uh, let them know that this is something important that you want your friends uh, to participate with also. And so it'll send it out uh, to all of them also when you make those comments especially also. So be sure to do that. And welcome to those who are listening on our phone live streaming uh, phone number. If you need that, we'll be glad to give that to you. It's a phone service we have that Once you call into this number uh, the first time, it'll automatically call you every time that we go live. Uh, So those who don't have the internet, that's a great resource that we have there, and we have several people uh, who use that. Uh, If you have access to the church website there at home, go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. It's under the info tab that you can download the worship bulletin for today. If you need these in person, they're at the doors. Uh, Some are in the windowsills uh, also, so be sure to pick up those uh, this morning. And then you have also got uh, your children's worship bulletins that are in this window to my right so be sure to pick up those in person you can also download those under that info tab as well as you can download the prayer list so be sure to get that downloaded if you have uh, requests or updates to the prayer list uh, please let us know that if you're at home you can do that in the comments there uh, if you're here in person uh, you'll notice there are cards in front of you in the pews there uh, as well as envelopes so you've got your offering envelopes that are there uh, this morning also but those cards that are uh, visitor cards on the back side are prayer requests uh Uh, blanks there that you can fill in too so you can fill in a prayer request there on the back and place that in the offering plate and we'll make sure to get that on the prayer list but just wanted to welcome everybody this morning if you're a first-time guest I want to encourage you to pick up one of the bags on the side of the stage here or at the doors as you leave this morning we've got some there so just some information about our church uh, as well as some gifts that we want to give to you to say welcome glad to have you here with us this morning so brother Mike if you'll come and lead us
2: good morning all Glad you're here. If you believe that Christ is your blessed Redeemer, why don't you stand with us and join the choir as we sing 149, Blessed Redeemer.
1: notice in your bulletins this morning, uh, your missionary uh, moment of the week. So be sure uh, to read that. We wanna be praying for our missionaries around the world, across North America, but we're also still continuing to emphasize our golden offering for Tennessee mission. So we have a, uh, one last video that we wanna share with you this morning. So prayerfully watch this as you pray about what God would have you to give towards this mission's offering.
3: The pages of our lives turn moment after moment after a moment in small graces and moments of connection but God is in all things when we just don't understand and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose when our weaknesses failures and adversities cause us to doubt I can do all things through Christ strengthens me when we feel inadequate i have become all things to all men so that by all means i might save some when we see his handiwork in the skies for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth and when there seems to be no hope jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible.
1: That is the theme for our golden offering for Tennessee Missions this year is all things. Uh, All things are possible with God. And so we want to encourage you to be praying about giving towards uh, that offering. Uh, We can't be everywhere at the same time, uh, but we can help to be all things to all people by sharing the gospel and supporting those who are sharing the gospel all across our state in East Tennessee, West Tennessee, and here in Middle Tennessee too. And so you've heard and seen those videos that we've shared over the last month uh, about our missions work uh, there. So just want to encourage you to be praying about giving towards that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer for our missionaries. Heavenly Father, thank you that there are those who have answered the call to go, uh to not only go to the farthest reaches of this earth, uh, but also across North America and especially here in Tennessee. And Father we just pray for our missions work across Tennessee and various ministries that we've seen over the last month, Lord, from uh, ministering to people who are uh, in in poverty, uh, people, Lord, who are new to our state, who are moving here because of the Blue Oval City uh, near Memphis with the work that's going on there. Uh, Father, we just pray that as new churches are being planted and started all across our state, as we're reaching out to those who are who are without christ father i pray that you would help us to minister uh, to each and every one of them and lord even though we can't be everywhere at the same time we can join together with other Southern Baptist churches across our state and minister to those individuals uh, by supporting this golden offering for Tennessee missions. So, Father, continue to lay this burden upon our hearts to pray. Uh, Continue, Lord, to lay a burden upon our hearts about what you would have us to give. And we just pray, God, that you would bless our missionaries, place a hedge of protection about them, watch over them, and keep them safe. Father, as we come to worship you this morning, we pray, Lord, that whatever cares or burdens that we may have brought with us, Father, I pray that we would just trust in you and, Lord, that you would lead us to a closer walk with you, giving us a peace that passes all understanding in the presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, in whose name we ask these things. Amen and amen. I just want to remind you about that, that especially if you're at home, uh, you can go to our church website at highlandbaptistchurch.com, go to the far, far right-hand side there, click the Give Online tab. It's a real easy platform that you can set up your online giving, a one-time gift, a recurring gift. Uh, you can also designate gifts, especially to the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. Uh, the pink envelopes that you'll see around uh, are for that. The white envelopes are your regular offering, so be sure uh, to take the time to do that. There is a couple of things that I want to make mention of uh, this morning. We are still in need of just a few more Uh, individuals to help us with the backpack ministry uh, that will go to East Tennessee. These backpacks will go, well, not just East Tennessee, they'll go all across Tennessee uh, to help those children who are in poverty. Uh, So we need a few more individuals. I think it's about six more uh, to help us with getting some uh, underwear and socks and those kind of things. If you would be interested in helping with that, see me after the service and I'll get you connected with how to sign up uh, for that. Uh, and you can also call the church office this week. We need those back if you've already signed up uh, by the end of this week. I uh, want to remind you also that we have our, one of our greatest outreaches that we have. Uh, outside of Bible school uh, is our Trunk or Treat event. We'll have close to uh, 500, 600 people who will be here in our church parking lots on October the 31st that evening. Uh, People who are just out doing their regular trick or treating, but we get an opportunity there to share the gospel with them through things that we give to them, through conversations that we're able to have with them. And you can be a part of that. You can be a part of that just by simply bringing some candy. We've got a box set up out here in the hallway that you can drop that off uh, for us to help in that. If you want to help to set up A vehicle and to hand out candy. Uh, We can do that also. Uh, We've got decorations uh, for vehicles already. If you don't know what your theme is or what you would want to do, if you want to decorate your own, that's fine uh, also. But please let us know. Uh, We'll have a sign up sheet uh, hopefully by next Sunday so that you can start signing up how you want to help. We also will have refreshments. Uh, You can help with that. You can help with serving uh, hot chocolate. There's a lot of ways that you can help with this ministry. We do need some individual individuals who would help us to put labels on these cards we've done this before and we know some individuals who've helped us with that if you can help us see me after the service uh, we've already got the bags ready to give to you uh, with labels and the cards Uh, so see me after the service we'll get those uh, to you and then the last thing I wanted to mention you'll notice in your bulletin it's been correct on the corrected on the screens it's been corrected in the bulletin that's online but you'll notice that uh, the fifth Sunday uh, we do have a fifth Sunday night scene. you'll see that little advertisement there it's says Sunday October the 29th at 6 a.m. if you come at 6 a.m. nobody's going to be here (laughs) so it is 6 p.m. that we'll be having that uh this Sunday night if you are interested in singing on that night maybe playing an instrument uh singing as a group uh please let myself or brother Mike know so that we can get you down on that schedule that's the last Sunday of this month
2: brother Mike (laughs) we spend a lot of time trying to choose songs that go along with the service. and um, We sing a lot of old hymns. For those of you that have some snow on the roof, uh, have seen and heard these songs for a long time. But some of the young people, you know, I just hope you look at the words and listen to the words and you never forget these words for some of these old hymns because they, they tell stories and they teach you and they touch your heart. So join us, join the choir. Uh, You don't have to stand on this one, but please watch the words and sing the words and praise the Lord through the old rugged cross. if you would please uh, children church will be gathering over on the piano side also stand as we sing our last song before the message is at the cross
1: Amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Matthew chapter 27, Matthew 27 verse 45 down through verse 49, Matthew 27 verse 45 down through verse 49. You can notice that we're getting closer and closer to the end of the gospel stories. Uh, There's so much yet still left to go. Uh, in these last hours of Jesus' earthly life, but then also the resurrection that is to come as we're going to be looking at those verses soon also. So would you stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word? Matthew 27 and verse 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour... Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabathani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, but the other said, wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage this morning, Lord, we know that there are many across our world, across our nation, in our own community, maybe here even in this sanctuary, who are dealing with loneliness and emptiness in their heart and their life because they do not know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. There are others, Lord, who are dealing with loneliness and emptiness in their lives because of trials and tribulations that they may be going through, and they just feel like, Lord, where are you? Why am I going through these things? Why are you allowing this to happen in my life? Why don't you stop it? Father, I pray this message will speak truth to our hearts this morning. That if there is even one here who doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior or watching online, Lord, I pray that they would today come by faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. Father, I pray for many of us who are here this morning as believers. Uh, Father, I pray that you will use this message to encourage us in our hearts that no matter how lonely life may get here on this earth, Lord, you are with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. So bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. There was a leading psychotherapist who said that after 25 years of speaking with his clients, he said easily the number one fear people have in this life, to his surprise, was not death or dying was not terrorism, was not even financial losses. He said, by far the greatest fear people have is ultimate loneliness. Of all the human emotions that we possess, maybe the most devastating emotion we have is that of loneliness. The silence of loneliness itself can be deafening. I mean, think about it. All you have to do is talk to some of our our senior citizens, especially those who have lost a loved one and, and, and maybe don't have much family around them or extended family around them. And they are going through a lot of loneliness. And that silence of loneliness can be deafening. I mean, you can hear the loneliness. Uh, you can hear it in, in the abandoned child. You can hear that, that sound of loneliness in the quiet home, in the empty mailbox when nobody ever writes, in those long days and longer nights that we go through. You hear that sound of loneliness in a forgotten birthday and a telephone that never rings. Prisons have learned this. They know that one of the worst things you can do to a prisoner is to put them into solitary confinement. There are more than 122,000 United States prisoners who are in solitary confinement on any given day, more than any other democratic nation. They're confined to a small cell, probably about a 6 by 12. 23 hours a day, nothing but a small sink and a toilet to look at. Interestingly, solitary confinement is an American invention. It came about in the United States in the late 1700s among among religious groups like the Quakers who thought that isolation would promote repentance and rehabilitation. Later, it was used in the early 1800s in a state penitentiary in Philadelphia, and that's where it came into the prison system, but later that fell out uh, uh, of use in the early 1900s, but then solitary confinement saw a resurgence in the 1980s and the 1990s. Prisoners were put into solitary confinement so that they can contemplate their crimes and maybe become repentant. Just imagine 23 hours a day in that bathroom-sized cell, today under fluorescent lights that never go off, under 24 hours of video surveillance, not really speaking or hearing from anyone. Maybe it's why prisoners in isolation account for just 5% of the total prison population, but nearly half of its suicides. On the cross, Jesus takes loneliness and solitary confinement to another worldly level that no other human being should ever have to experience. The last hours of Jesus' life took about six hours. His hands and his feet had been nailed to those wooden beams at about nine o'clock in the morning. And during the next three hours, he utters the first three of the last seven statements that he would ever make. He asked God to forgive the crowd. Remember that? We talked about that before. He asked God to forgive the crowd that was crucifying. He asked, uh, he spoke to the criminal. Uh, that was crucified uh, with him and told him, today you shall be with me uh, in paradise. He was sure that one of his uh, comrades, his uh, companions, John, he commanded him to take care of his mother in in last week's passage. And, And for probably a couple of hours, he has been deathly silent. And then it happens. Verse 45. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. How many of you got to see the eclipse yesterday? Don't worry, there's one coming next year you'll get to see, and it'll be closer to us. You'll get to see that ring of fire probably that some people in the U.S. got to see out west. Uh, Yesterday for us, it was just a partial uh, eclipse that you got to see. This time here was not an eclipse. This was for three hours of total darkness. Because suddenly, without warning, everything goes jet black dark. Not an eclipse, not a dark cloud cover. It was a thick, deep, Hard darkness that lasted from about noon, high noon, until about three o'clock in the afternoon when the sun would normally be at its brightest. Nobody moved for three hours. Nobody spoke for three hours. It was as if creation itself said, I cannot bear to watch this and turned out the lights. It's as if the sun had been ordered not to shine, the moon had been ordered not to glow, the stars had been ordered not to even twinkle. Suddenly, the silence is broken by a scream that would chill the bone and clot the blood. Only four words, a mixture of Hebrew and Aramaic. Notice again, verse 46 that it was about the ninth hour at the end of this darkness that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lema, Sabathani, a mixture of Hebrew and Greek. The questions began to echo all throughout Jerusalem, all throughout the crowds. As you saw there, he, he says, as it's translated to us to be able to understand, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders begin to question, is this man saying he's uh, Elijah? Is he calling Elijah? Uh, one of them uh, once ran, took a sponge filled with vinegar to, to, to give him to drink with sour wine there. The other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. They thought when he said, Eli, Eli, he's calling out to Elijah. And the questions began to echo throughout Jerusalem. It's the most unique and the most mysterious statement that Jesus ever made. Not with the words. They're relatively easy to translate. But the question is, what do they mean? It's the only statement from the cross uh, that G- that, that's made by Jesus from the cross, that's recorded by two different gospel writers, Matthew and Mark. Notice that these words, this time, all the other words he's been speaking so far, have been spoken to individuals from the cross. This time, these words are not spoken to us, but they're spoken for us. He speaks to his Father. And he speaks to his Father in a way he had never spoken to him before in eternity or on earth and in a way that he would never speak to him again. Of the last seven sayings of Jesus, this is the central one. It was spoken exactly halfway through the six hours that he spent on the cross. It's central for a reason. It's because with this statement, we know that Jesus is at the peak of his suffering. He's at the absolute pinnacle of the agony that he's experiencing on the cross. He's reached the peak of his punishment. Even this is more than Jesus can take. They had beat him, and Jesus never said a word. They had mocked him at his trial. They had falsely accused him, and yet he stayed silent. He didn't retaliate, you remember, when they they spat on him, when they nailed him uh, to the cross uh, with his wrists there, his hands and his feet. But when God turned his back on him, that was even more than he could handle. Think about just three of those words. My God, why? we've all asked that question the mother who's lost a newborn a father who's had to watch a ten-year-old son die of cancer a single mom trying to raise three kids on minimum wage whose husband has passed away you've seen those marriages that have ended in divorce where a husband has left for a younger woman a faithful employee who's worked for years at a company and gets fired or laid off with no severance or no pension. And that's the question. Why? My God, why? In that question, we can learn from Jesus two incredible truths that I want to share with you this morning. Two truths that can help us to live right and die right, and certainly something that should be a priority for our lives. Because of these words of Jesus, here's what you can do. First, you can talk to God who is with you. You can talk to God who is with you. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the fact that it was pitch black and that what's about to happen happened in the complete darkness. Now, that's a clue that something terrible is taking place because it's happening in the darkness. How do we know that? If you look at John's writings in 1 John, the, the letter that he writes in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, here's what he says This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. And so in God, there is no darkness at all. But here at this moment, with Jesus hanging on the cross, darkness encompasses the world. God is a God of light, not a God of darkness. Earth's sun had turned its back on heaven's sun. I mean, think about it, 33 years earlier when Jesus was born, the stars were shining brightly, the angels were singing, and the glory of God was shining brighter than the noonday sun. But now the sun has closed the curtain and the angels had folded their wings, the moon had gone into hiding, and not one little star was twinkling at all. After three hours... Of being in the deepest darkness that anybody has ever known verse 46 about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice I want you to get the picture and the image here I want you to feel the intensity of this scream Because understand, the word there, cried out, is a combination of two words in the Greek. The first word means to shout, and it is prefixed with a word that means up. It literally means to shout or to scream up. This was more than the roar of a lion. Up until now, everything Jesus had said had pretty much been a private conversation. But it's almost as if Jesus wants everyone to hear these words. He cries out, cries up, shouts up with a loud voice for everyone to hear. (coughs) Those first words out of his mouth would have shocked every disciple that had heard him talk to God for three years. I mean, think about it. He had never done this before. This is the only time that Jesus ever addresses God as my God. I mean, think about it. Every other time for three years... Here is Jesus who's called him one word, Father. And now he's not talking to him as a son. He's talking to him as a substitute for every sinner. The one thing that Jesus dreaded and the one cup he didn't want to drink, was, he was now drinking in full. This was the first and only time in eternity past or eternal future that God the Son was totally separated from God the Father. Listen to that cry again, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani. Why have you forsaken me? It was at that moment that Jesus became the only human being ever completely, totally forsaken, totally devoid of the presence of God in his life. At that moment, forsaken could have been his middle name. I mean, think about it. His family had forsaken him. Only his mother showed up at the cross. His chosen people, the nation of Israel, they had not only forsaken him, but they had cried out, crucify him. His friends, the disciples, who had spent three years with him except for one, had all forsaken him. And now his own father, his heavenly father, the eternal father, has forsaken him. I mean, think about it. Jesus had never been forsaken before Throughout eternity, the Father and the Son were co-eternal, co-existent, co-equal. In eternity, they were just like that. On earth, he said, they were just like this. He said in John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. And now, he's gone from one to none. Nothing had ever come between them. They had never had a cross word. They had seen everything eye to eye, but now the sin of the entire world and of every person who ever lived or who ever would live was totally between them. And now you begin to understand why it was midnight at the midday because it was our sins that had blocked out the sunshine of the Father's face. When God looked down at His Son, He didn't see His Son, He saw every sinner who has ever lived and every sin that has ever been committed. Even God had to shut his eyes to the sight of sin. His nose, his nostrils to the, st- to the stench, to the smell of sin. His ears to the sound of sin. Understand what happened here. At that moment, Jesus became the only person in all of history to be totally alone without even the presence of God. It's one thing to be lonely, but nobody is ever totally alone. But here, Jesus was. All that he had ever known was this enduring, intimate relationship with his heavenly Father, but now separation. And it's at this moment he was in a spiritual no-man's land. He was like a man without a country. He was in eternal, solitary confinement. For the first and only time, God was totally against his own son because he was totally against all sin. And even though Jesus asked why, we know why. Jesus was forsaken so that we would never have to be forsaken. God turned his back on Jesus so he would not have to turn his back on us. And it's because of these words that we can talk to God who is with us. And right up until the moment that we die, he will never leave us nor forsake us. There's another part of this statement that we need to go back to that tells us something else that is true of us both while we live and when we die because we can also and must trust god who is for us you not only can talk to him but you can also trust god who is for you we need to understand the full force of what jesus is saying here he didn't just feel forsaken He didn't just feel alone, he was forsaken and alone. God made sure that he literally was in eternal solitary confinement. He literally was God-forsaken. You've heard that word, that term before? We use the word God-forsaken to refer to some deserted, barren uh, place, some hole in the ground, some place that's not fit for a human to live. And we say that's a God-forsaken place. We don't literally mean God-forsaken because we know from the Bible that God is everywhere. The only time that word has ever been totally true of anyone at any time, at any place, was here at the cross in complete darkness because Jesus was the only truly God-forsaken person in all of history. Let me put it to you this way. At this moment... Jesus was the only godless person who ever lived. Now, there's a difference between being ungodly and godless. When you're ungodly, you reject God. When you're godless, you're without God. So nobody is ever totally without God. God has never ever forsaken anyone except Jesus on this cross at this moment. So understand that. You might feel in your life, you might feel abandoned by God. You might even feel right now that God has forsaken you, but what we know from the truth of God's word is that he hasn't. Because if God ever did, you would be dead. He's the one who is keeping your heart beating. He is the one keeping your lungs breathing. And he's the one who's keeping you alive right now. And without him, your life would not be sustained. That's why this statement is, Is so powerful. Why? Because this is one of those rare moments that we can see from the outside, but we can never really enter into on the inside. Because God left Jesus totally alone. But he'll never leave us totally alone. So, I want you to really grasp this unbelievably <clears throat> great news of, of what we're sharing with you here from the Word of God is it, that because of our sin, Jesus experienced total separation from God the Father and, and, re, and resolute condemnation from God, not because of anything he did, but because of his suffering for us. Because of his suffering for us, there is no separation from God for us. In fact, Romans 8 verse 39 says, Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of his suffering on the cross, there is no isolation of us from God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There is no condemnation to us from God. Because Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus was forsaken so that we might be forgiven. He died for our sins that we might die to our sin and not in our sin. So listen again to how he addresses God carefully. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Even when the father turned his back on the son, the son never turned his back on the father. Don't miss that little personal pronoun, my. My God, my God. In the darkest hour of his life, he was saying, why God? To my God. Just like a man named Job said one time in Job 13 and verse 15, though he slay me, I will hope in him. So, in other words, even when everything and everyone had turned against him, Jesus still trusted in the Heavenly Father. So listen to this. It's not wrong at times for us to say, Why God? I'll tell you, as a pastor, I've heard uh, many people ask that question. I've also asked that question at times in my life. Let me give you some news. God can handle the why questions that you have. In fact, history can answer the when questions. Geography can answer the where questions. Science can handle the what questions, but only God can answer the why questions. So just remember that when you run into the whys of life, the why questions of life, they ought not to drive us away from God. They ought to draw us closer to God. So so understand this, never let the water of doubt put out the fire of faith. At the end of the day, when you cry out, why God, you're still asking the question of my God. Now, here's what this statement really means. Jesus at this moment took on the cross what you'll have to take for all of eternity if you do not take Jesus. You might think that you're abandoned by God, but you're never abandoned by God until you permanently abandon God by the choice you make. Before the end of your life, there is only one way for us to be sure that we're ready to die. Make sure that you die unforsaken by leaving the why God questions, the why God troubles of this earth, and going to the my God grace of heaven. Jesus is crying out on the cross to the Father. For us, for grace, for you and for me. You may think you're lonely but you've never experienced the loneliness Jesus did. You may think nobody knows what you're going through but let me share a truth with you this morning. God does. And if God does he's with you. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will see you through to the other side if you will trust in him. What a powerful word from Jesus in the darkness from the cross, echoing what we feel sometimes in our lives. He did all of that and suffered all of that for you and for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning for those who feel all alone. Lord, we do go through life, and we're not trying to sweep any of that, those feelings under the rug or to ignore those feelings. We've just never experienced the kind of loneliness Jesus did on the cross bearing our sin, being forsaken by the Father. So Lord, I pray this morning for those who are in loneliness and abandonment because of the fact that they've never trusted by faith in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. Father, I pray that they would call out to you this morning and say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I believe what I just heard about Jesus, that he died on the cross for my sin. And it was my sin that that caused the darkness, caused the separation between him and God the Father. I ask for forgiveness of my sin. I repent of my sin and I turn away from it and I turn to follow you, Jesus. Have your way and your will in my life and save me from my sin. I believe that Jesus died on that cross, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day. So Jesus, give me eternal life. Save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray that you'll help those individuals to come forward this morning who have prayed something like that in their hearts with all sincerity, knowing by the, by the truth of your word that if they have trusted in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, they have called out to him as Lord. The Bible says that they are saved. So, Father, I pray they'll come to publicly profess that faith in Christ. But Lord, there are many who have done that. And for whatever reason, sometimes not of anything of their own doing, They feel all alone. They feel like the world's abandoned them. Their families have abandoned them. Life just goes on, and it's a struggle every day. Father, I pray that you will come into their presence this morning. To remind them of these truths that Jesus is the only one who's ever experienced the total fulfillment of that loneliness that abandonment when he was on the cross that you are with those who are going through loneliness and feelings of abandonment even this morning father that you are there with them and that if they will trust in you one moment at a time one day at a time They may not have the answers to the why questions on this side of eternity. But one day when we get to eternity, those questions aren't going to matter anyway. We're going to be in your presence forever and ever worshiping you for what you did for us. Thank you, Father, for sending the Son to die for our sins. Forgive us, Lord, and may your will be done in this invitation. May you be glorified and honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, the Savior is waiting. Number 321. Will you come as the Lord lays on your heart, but the might come and lead us, if you will. can be seated for just a moment. Brother Rick, if you'll come and share our announcements. Uh,
4: Remember this month is uh, Pastor Appreciation Month, so if uh, you want to leave a word of encouragement for one of our pastors, there is a box in the back and in the front. Um, Drop a little note to them, give them a little word of encouragement for uh, what all they do for us each and every day that a lot of times we don't even realize they're doing for us. Um, There is a men's breakfast on October 28th. Um, There's a sign-up sheet out on there, so if you plan on coming, sign up for that so we kind of know how much food to give to everybody. And um, if there's any other, no other announcements, um, let's go to word and prayer in closing. Dear Gracious Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come here and worship you, Lord. We just uh, thank you for everything you give us each and every day. We thank you for our pastors and the work that they do for us. We just uh, ask you to be with us as we go about our weeks, Lord, and uh, ask you to uh, put us in a pathway of somebody that really needs to hear the word and allow us to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.